Hey everybody. Uh welcome. Welcome to another Potween. So today, uh you've probably heard in the past some some things about, you know, like uh people would do things like uh let you let you x-ray your candy at the hospital. This might be like a small town thing. Where they're like, sure, let's do that. That seems fine. <laughs> um, however, uh, it turns out that most of these things came from two incidents. So basically, there have been very few, uh, well, none really, like razor blades in the apples and shit like that. Um, there have basically been two incidents where uh, candy was adulterated, ruined by adults. Um, and only one that was actually deadly. Only one, which is pretty amazing. Um, and let's talk about that today. So the candy involved is pixie sticks, which I have here. Sorry, it's in, it's in plastic. Hold on. I have a lot more pixie sticks here than I really should. I don't know how many are in this bag. Oh, four straws is 35 calories. I feel like this is a situation where, yeah, the idea of counting calories really fails a person. Um, so it's like, well, I mean, I'm sure pixie sticks are not a high calorie food, but I mean, it's nothing but sugar, right? Okay, it looks like there's four flavors here. So I can have 35 calories. See, this is healthy. This is the healthiest pot of ween we've ever done. Uh, grape, Maui Punch, Cherry, and Orange. So I'm going to down one of these, and then we'll start in on the story. Now, when I was a kid, Orange was my favorite. I don't know if I cared for blue and red. I feel like purple and orange. I'm going to go for the go for the red. My mouth is watering and not because of, um, I'm like prepared for deliciousness. I'm prepared to be overwhelmed. Oh, it's so sweet. Um, I had about one twentieth. Okay. I'm going to have a little more. Mmm. Oh. Uh, well, the red just tastes kind of like pain. Oh, my God. Um, okay, Ronald Clark O'Brien, who was nicknamed the Candyman. And his other more, um, well, not as clever name, but uh, accurate, the man who killed Halloween, was an American man convicted of killing his eight-year-old son on Halloween 1974. Um... And this is kind of where it all came from. So let's just move down to his background. He lived in Deer Park, Texas with his wife, Dane 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 
and uh, with his son Tim and daughter Elizabeth, he worked as an optician. Um, and he was the deacon at a church and sang in the choir and was in charge of the local bus program. Busy guy. On October 31st, 1974, O'Brien took his two children trick-or-treating in a Pasadena, Texas neighborhood. O'Brien's neighbor and his two children accompanied them. After visiting a home where the occupant failed to answer the door, the children grew impatient and ran ahead to the next home while O'Brien stayed behind. He eventually caught up with the group and produced five 21-inch pixie sticks, which he would later claim he was given from the occupant of the house that had not answered the door. 21-inch. I mean, this one's maybe like a six-incher. You know, four inches shorter than an average penis. Um, 21 inches of pixie stick. That must be those giant actual plastic ones. Uh, the grossest aspect of which was like the sugar would get wet because, you know, you're a kid eating it and so on. And uh, it would kind of blockage up the, uh, it was kind of like seeing what was probably happening to your insides with pixie stick, but it was happening to the pixie stick. Um, he would later claim he was given from the occupant of the house that had not answered the door. At the end of the evening, O'Brien gave each of his neighbors, two children, a pixie sticks, a pixie sticks. I guess it is pixie sticks with an X. So it's not a, a plural. You got me there, Wikipedia. And one each to Timothy and Elizabeth. Upon returning home, O'Brien gave the fifth pixie sticks to a 10-year-old boy whom he recognized from his church. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some of the candy he collected, choosing the pixie sticks. This is bothering me. I'm going to call it a stick if I can. Timothy had trouble getting the powdered candy out of the straw, so O'Brien helped him loosen the powder. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter. Um, well, that is a sure sign that something has been done to a pixie stick. Because if there's one thing I would use to describe a pixie stick, it is not bitter. All right, we're going for the blue here. Mmm. Oh. <coughs> that tastes really weird. This is definitely just a crunched up sweet tart. I feel like I'm going to feel sick later and Poonmaster Flex is going to make fun of me for being a sugar wuss. Um... Tasted bitter, so that's... Oh, O'Brien then gave his son Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. Even if he hadn't poisoned this kid, father of the year. I guess it's like, fuck it, it's Halloween, but uh, Jesus Christ. Hey, here's a pixie stick. Why don't you wash that down with Kool-Aid, which is liquid pixie stick. Timothy immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt and ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. O'Brien later claimed he yelled Timothy while he was vomiting, and the child went limp in his arms. Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the candy. Timothy's death from poisoned Halloween candy prompted fear in the community. Numerous parents in Deer Park and the surrounding area returned candy their children acquired from trick-or-treating to police, fearing it was laced with poison. Police did not initially suspect O'Brien of any wrongdoing until Timothy's autopsy revealed that the pixie sticks he consumed was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Four of the five pixie sticks O'Brien claimed to receive were recovered by authorities from the other children, none of whom had consumed the candy. How fucking lucky is that? The parents of the fifth child became hysterical 
when they could not locate the candy upon police calling their house to inform them. The police rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed poison candy. The boy had been unable to open the staples that sealed the wrapper shut. Yeah, these must be those big plastic ones. Shit. Close call. Now that is a close call. All five of the pixie sticks had been opened with the top two inches, refilled with cyanide powder, and were resealed with a staple. According to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults, while the other four candies contained dosages that could kill only three to four adults. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't say only. I added that in by accident. O'Brien initially told police that he could not remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. That sounds like bullshit, because I, I'll tell you right now, if I got a 21-inch pixie stick from a house while trick-or-treating, I'd fucking remember. Ask those kids, they'll remember. Police became suspicious of his excuses because O'Brien and his neighbor had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it had been raining. Their suspicions increased after learning that none of the homes they visited had given out pixie sticks. After walking the neighborhood with police three times, O'Brien led them to the home that the group visited, but whose occupant did not answer the door. O'Brien claimed that he visited the home before catching up with the group. He said the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but cracked the door open and handed him five pixie sticks. He claimed to only have seen the man's arm, which he described as hairy. (laughs) The home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Oh, man, what a nerd name. Melvin was an air traffic controller at William P. Hobby Airport and did not get home from work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. Police ruled Melvin out as a suspect when nearly 200 people confirmed that Melvin was at work. I, You know, that's a pretty iffy, dicey... I could see trying to pull that off on the kids because you're giving them the pixie... St- no kid's going to question that. They'll be like, well, I'll take the pixie stick. But uh, I think an adult, a police adult, is probably going to be like, hmm, let's look into that. Um, As their investigation furthered, police learned that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt and had a history of being unable to hold a job. Now, that is the equivalent of $520,000 in 2019. Just so we don't look at that and say, like, geez, that doesn't seem like a lot to kill your kid for. I mean, you're right, five. 100,000 would not... That's not kid-killing money. 520. All right, let's do purple. Purple's better. I like it. Should have used this yesterday in the uh, flavor aid. I needed a little more sugar. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I'm stupid. Um... He was suspected of theft at his job at Texas State Optical and was close to being fired. His car was going to be repossessed. He had taken out life insurance policies on his children in the months preceding Timothy's death. (laughs) In January 1974, he had taken out $10,000, which is about 50K, life insurance policies on both of his children. Well... Okay, one month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took out an additional 20K policies on both children, despite the uh, objections of his life insurance agency. Um, in the days preceding Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another 20000 on each child. The various policies totaled approximately $60,000. That seems like a lot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, 
I feel like your responsibilities as an insurance agent are low. But uh, why? I'm not even really sure why they offer life insurance for children. That seems like a dicey proposition. Also, I mean, like, it's my understanding that life insurance is mostly for, like, you know, let's say you're the breadwinner at home and uh, you depart. That way, whoever you leave behind is not like, well, now I'm sad and broke. Ugh, God. Um, the wife claims she didn't know about it. Um, after learning that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween 1974, he left without purchasing anything after learning the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. They suspected he killed his son. Um, this is also, oh, and gave other children the candy to cover up his crime. Well, that's probably fair. Now, here's another question I have. So you go to a chemical store to buy cyanide, and then you're like, well, the least amount it's available in is five pounds. And then he's like, well, you don't need five pounds to kill five kids, right? I mean, ugh. And so then he just walks away. Again, if you sell cyanide, and people seem to be real picky about the amount, not buying five pounds of cyanide, I don't know what the legitimate use of cyanide is, but I would think if you had a legitimate use, you could make use of five pounds of it. Also weird that you can just buy five pounds of cyanide. Although police never discovered when or where he bought the poison, he was arrested for the murder. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. He said not guilty. Um, during the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in summer 1973, O'Brien contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal. <laughs> A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and co-workers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. Um, O'Brien's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Tim's insurance policy to take a long vacation and buy other items. Jesus Christ. His defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or candy apples with razor blades inserted. These stories have persisted despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. Um, so there you go. A jury took 46 minutes to find him guilty. And he got the death penalty. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Fair. She later remarried, and her new husband adopted their daughter. That's nice. Um, he was confined to the Huntsville unit, blah, blah, blah. O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing a child and was, quote, absolutely friendless. The inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their hatred of him. <laughs> Oof. I know this is nothing new, but it's like, man, prison is rough. When you're when you're on death row and the other inmates are like, we're going to hold an organized demonstration because, uh, I mean, we're all on death row, but this guy's fucked up, man. I'd like to think that it was because they were all mad that he ruined Halloween or tried to. Um, 
his first execution date. He got a stay of execution, then a postponement. And then a judge scheduled a third execution on October 31st, 1982, the eighth anniversary of the crime. And he offered to personally drive O'Brien to the death chamber. It was to have been the first time a Texas inmate was executed by lethal injection. Um, But the Supreme Court delayed the date yet again. Then March 31st, 1984, he was executed. Oh, see, Supreme Court got in and messed this all up. They're going to have have it on Halloween. But uh, he maintained his innocence, saying he, I forgive all, and I do mean all, those who have been involved with my death. God bless you all, and may God's blessings be always yours. During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison, cheered, while some yelled, trick or treat. (laughs) Others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, there you go. So that is basically the, uh, well, it sounds like there were other poison candy myths before. But uh, this is, you know, kind of the the granddaddy. But uh, tomorrow... Tomorrow we'll talk about another one that's, uh, you know, that's found its way in there, but is, I will say, maybe not quite so harrowing. Um, Now I'm going to have this orange pixie stick. See what this looks like. Mmm. Good. That's bright. That's citrusy. Oh, God. Too much saliva to talk into a microphone. It's just unacceptable. <laughs> 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 <laughs>